Hello, everybody. Thanks for jumping into another episode of the Access Potential Podcast. You're here with John Marsh, and today I have a very special guest on the show, my wife, Ruby Marsh. And we're going to have, we're going to put our, our coaches' hats on together, and we're going to be talking about social media a little bit. Uh, in particular, the question is social media stopping you from building your business or is social media stopping your business? And this has kind of come about from a lot of conversations, not just together, but also with a lot of the people that we work with. And in particular, we've become aware, we sort of became aware separately of a few, I guess, different points of friction or, or kind of conflict with social media. And we've worked through these independently with the people that we work with. And so we wanted to come together and talk about some of these common sort of pain points or or things that pop up with social and kind of dive into them a little bit and just hold the conversation and then hopefully come up with a few ideas uh, and possibly reframe a little bit of this whole sort of landscape as well. So Let's jump in. You're listening to John Marsh, and this is the Access Potential Podcast. All right, let's jump in. Rubes, thanks for taking the time and and being on the podcast. I think it's the first time. It is. Thank you, John, for having me. This is a pretty timely conversation, but I think also a timeless conversation for business owners moving forward and 2021. So Ruby and I have talked a little bit before the episode. Social media is one of those things that can, that obviously is, uh, it it crosses over from your professional life potentially into your personal life, right? So it's this sort of transcending kind of thing that can kind of seep into everything. We've got some, some kind of personal boundaries and stuff around social I don't know whether we're going to get into that. We're going to we're going to keep our professional hats on, so it's not going to be a lot of stuff around sort of social media and relationships and this kind of stuff. Although some may creep in, but we're going to be focusing on uh, social media and small business owners. So just wanted to throw that out there first. Why don't before we begin, Rubes, do you want to give some general context around? Uh, Coming into this conversation, is social media stopping your business? Um, what does that mean to you? What is what's the lie of the land, or the, is it the lay of the land? What's the lay of the land with you, with your clients, uh, with this conversation? Yes, I, for me personally, and my business, my social media is ninety nine percent business in terms of what I use it for. So if today I'm putting my business hat on, I'll also be speaking from my personal use of social media, which is very much business related. And I think the relationship with social media has definitely been tested in the last year in particular. And it's always an ongoing conversation as to where it sits within your marketing plan with your business. How much importance am I putting on it? And if I'm 
putting more importance on it. Is that really effective? And is it actually growing my business or looking more so I think that what stops you when it comes to social media and growing your business is most people I find are looking at their habits and there's some other things as well I think mindset plays into it for me and my clients a lot of them are in the early days of using social media perhaps I've had a personal account but in terms of using social media for business it's still a very new world for them and so I guess one thing that they find is generating content and generating ideas. They can get really stuck on that, but it's also a big focus for them in terms of their marketing. It tends to be the first place that they go to for marketing their business, building awareness, building community if they need to. And so I think, yes, it can stop you because you think that that's the only way and if you're not either getting the results that you want or you're getting stuck in your head or you're finding it too hard then absolutely it can stop your business there was a couple of things that popped up one you mentioned the word relationship so i wanted to pull that out and i guess you know this is probably obvious to a lot of people but of course, social media can never stop you from doing anything. What we're talking about really, I guess, is the relationship with social media. Would that be something that, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And in the context of your business, where does it sit? How much of a priority is it? When you zoom out and look at your marketing strategy as a whole and, and using marketing and something you talk about, innovation, as key components of growing a business, uh, how effective is that? How effective are you at it? Is it stressful for you? Is it easy for you? And so I think all of that ties into the, the real relationship that you create with it as a tool rather than seeing as it as it, it, it as something that is a problem or too hard but simply an opportunity one I, I think one thing that's important as well before we really dive in is to me anyway I think a lot of this becomes an and conversation so I think mm -hmm. you'll hear us talk about uh, we, we've got basically three sort of main areas we've identified that we want to talk a little bit about um, and I, I don't think that any of this stuff is exclusive. So when we think about this word relationship with the thing, whatever that thing is, a person, or in this case, a platform or how we use that platform, uh, what I hope to be able to do is to reframe some of these things so that some of the pain points, we can look at it maybe differently and have an, have an and conversation because one thing that we can't really argue is the power of brand for a business, the power of relationships for a business, the power of conversations for especially solo business owners and the people that they want to serve. And before we even begin, we can see that social media or these platforms are incredibly powerful to be able to do that and produce content and create those conversations. So overall, you'll probably, for me anyway, you'll, you'll probably see this kind of and idea of like okay cool how can we come back and maybe look at look at both or look at how we're seeing it and maybe flip that a little bit 
One thing I think too before uh, that I hear and that I have felt most specifically from from my uh, perspective and from a lot of, especially a lot of the guys that I've spoken to could be just coincidentally more guys uh, or it could be something different in terms of how they're thinking. But one thing that I've noticed is that there's the, the way that the social media is being used at any time, if it's starting to create a feeling of conflict, it reflects back into a frustration with yourself. So, oh, what am I doing? Oh, like, and then I think a lot of times the, the way or the relationship with the social media platform or whatever it is can be uh, not helpful for quite a while then the awareness picks it up once we realize we're living in a way that we may not want to be living. It, we're becoming the person we don't want to become through too much time, too much comparison, too much doubt, whatever it is. Um, but ultimately, I think it comes back a lot of times to a frustration of uh, who we are and how we're behaving, uh, which I think is quite interesting that often the pain point or the the, the block uh, or, or when we raise the conversation is when we see ourselves uh, behaving in a way that's not necessarily helping the business or helping us personally. And I don't know if that's something that comes, is that something that you've noticed? Is it? It's that congruence that you're talking about. If you're cl pretty clear and your values, who you want to be, how you want to show up, and if you're starting to feel that dissonance because of the habits or perhaps even the type of content that you, you're sharing, then absolutely. I think where it comes in with my clients and their businesses specifically is understanding their boundaries. A lot of the women that I work with have families and things like that. So it's understanding what's business and what's personal and really creating that strong brand story for their business and leaving personal at the door. Where you see a bit of overlap, though, that I think is really interesting is something that that you, John, love talking about, love teaching people is around story, personal story. So it's how can you bring that personal story in and feel really comfortable with that. And I think that's where also people might feel a bit of anxiety because suddenly they've got this opportunity and this platform to share part of their personal story. And that might be the first time that they've done it. And with social media, it can, can be a bit of an unknown. And then the reaction to that is reflects on them personally because they're talking about their personal story so I think there's that overlap between business and personal especially when we start to share parts of our story and so I know that is definitely a sticking point when it comes to social media how do I navigate that that I feel really good about it but also that there's still some separation with my personal life yeah, yeah. uh lastly just to kind of qualify the points of view um let's go through quickly so so for each of us because it's a little bit different so i uh am not on facebook i 
somehow lost my Facebook account last year. It got closed down and I didn't go back on. So, and, and for probably five years prior to that, I had what was called newsfeed eradicator on Facebook. So I just basically didn't use it. It wasn't on my phone. Uh, I would push stuff to it, right, to the page. So the Facebook's gone. The Instagram is probably the big the big one in the conversation. Uh, for me, I've got two phones. There's an old school phone that has the Instagram platform on. Part of that was a choice so that when I was out with the other phone, there would be, and we'll talk more about this, but there would be basically a block. There's a block, so you can't go on Instagram. Um, and the other one, of course, is that I'm, I'm sort of, I'm a proponent of the privacy of the boundaries of the tech platforms. That's a different conversation, but that played into that decision as well. Um, so for me, my bias, my, my underlying sort of core bias is that I don't particularly like social media. I, I feel better when I'm not on it. I love what it's created, the relationships, all of these sorts of things, of course, and so good for uh, connecting with people, all of this stuff. From a, from a stationary human present uh, perspective, um, for me, I tend to, I don't really like it. I, I, I move away from it, basically. Um, I feel better when I'm not on it. And so for the business, uh, there's Instagram, there's an email list. We'll talk a little bit about content, I think. So th there's other ways that we can do content. And then um, um, I guess you could say I'm on LinkedIn, but not really. So there's that side as well. What is it uh, for you? And yeah, maybe just give a quick. Absolutely. So uh, primarily as well, Instagram. I, I have had an Instagram account for a long time, but really became more active once I started growing my business and I've got LinkedIn as well but I don't put a lot of time into that whether that's right or wrong we're not going to debate that today I have Facebook as well again I'm probably not as consistent on that I'm maybe this is a feminine quality but I really feel into the things that feel good and I guess in some respects that might narrow the places where you show up and Gary V would probably be saying you need to be on all of them but for now that's what's worked and and likewise it's it's given me the opportunity to connect with people worldwide and develop some really cool relationships that have led to awesome opportunities and that's been a real catalyst, but it's not the thing that grows the relationship in the end. And I think that's a really good distinction to make is that you sometimes then have to extend that relationship to other opportunities to really connect with that person. You were mentioning how the social media makes you feel and, and that you don't really like it. I would say I'm similar. I think when it when my vitality's questioned, when I'm starting to feel more tired, not as present, when that's the first thing I'm picking up, I do, 
I do know that there's times when I'll reach for it and why I reach for it. So I think sometimes it's quite interesting because you can do a bit of self-psychology on yourself and realize, oh, hang on, I'm picking this up because maybe I feel a little bit lonely right now and I need something to fill the void. So I certainly think that social media has becomes a bit of a band-aid for some of our um dark sides of our personality and so it's been really interesting to observe that uh, and I guess it doesn't make me hate it but it makes me a little more aware and I think for a lot of people there there's a myriad of addictions that they might choose outside of social media but for a lot of people social media is the the one that that band-aids other things so I just thought I'd add that in there (laughs) in terms of that okay so I want to talk about a couple of th- the the question is is social media stopping you from growing your business and of course we've we've drilled a little bit closer is our relationship with social media stopping us from building our business we've got this great tool for communication for connection with people how could it be stopping us from growing the business right we're going to dive into three sort of potholes that you can find yourself in and um if you find yourself in these for very long, they're going to have a negative impact on on any project, whether it's a business or relationship, anything else. So, uh, well, that's that's my point of view anyway. So the first one I wanted to talk about is this concept of comparison, and um, I think about this like, you know, if you if you walk into a room at like primary school or something or high school or whatever. And if you look around the room and this comparison thing would be, you know, maybe this is running and you, you, and and it can, and it can create uh, a number of different outcomes. One is it could uh, cause you to try to fit in. And we know from our conversations around innovation that that's not helpful for business. Uh, we want to be zagging instead of zigging along with everybody else. We want to learn to move the opposite way, which is really counter a lot of our natural psychological sort of, um, you know, preferences. So there's that kind of side of comparison. I think the other one is um, it's just slowing us down. You know, if somebody's growing quicker, if somebody's got more likes, if somebody's got, if this thing got less likes than the last thing, like every single aspect of that comparison either slows us down, it stops, it can stop movement, it can stop the value flow, it can stop uh, general bias for action, it's innovation. So I wanted to uh, see if you had noticed this. And then maybe we can talk about some reframes around. I mean, personally, I think social media is largely built on comparison. I think that's one of the drivers of why it it goes so well. We compare to what happened yesterday within our own little world. And then there's the whole globe to compare to uh, socially as well. What, What do you notice with this? Do you think it's a thing? Yeah, I've got a few ideas on this personally and then something I I wanted to pick up from what you just said then in terms of comparison and when we look at different communities on 
Instagram, I'm probably going to relate a lot of my questions back to Instagram, just if everyone's, um, if everyone's wondering what platform I'm talking about. But I guess something you brought up the other day, John, was looking at these different groups on Instagram and how the graphic designers have a really different way of navigating the platform to what some other industries might. And I think, does it mean that comparison is not there? Perhaps it still is, and perhaps it's still very alive amongst the people personally. But something that you you mentioned that was really cool was how when the graphic designers, they've a lot of them are very much on there to grow large platforms and they've now built businesses from growing large platforms. However, initially they spend a lot of time building relationships and supporting each other. And I think depending on where your priorities are, if that is a priority for you, that is going to be easily a way to reduce comparison it's not going to get rid of it altogether because at the root of comparison comparisons really like jealousy uh, like anger it's all rooted in fear right so I guess if you feel that creeping in you've just got to ask yourself like wow like I'm really like thinking from quite a scarce place a lot and maybe how can I shift that the other thing I think that is interesting is this quote that I love from Danielle Laporte and I'm not sure if she originally said this but she said something around the lines of comparison is the thief of joy and I know that when I am in that state of comparison or perhaps uh, people around me, clients are, their zest for life and their zest for their their brand and their business drains out of them. And so I think that if you can find tools to move through comparison, your opportunity to really live into your brand, to really um, show up powerfully and also for us to really see you, if authenticity is something that's important to you, then comparison has to be very minimal because it's taking away your joy. And when you're not in a space of joy or fun or pleasure or laughter or whatever those feelings evoke for you, it's very hard to uh, show up fully as your brand or fully as yourself if you're a service provider which we work with a lot of service providers uh, less of that will come through in your content so I think that's where comparison's an interesting thing to observe and then what's on what's the opportunities are on the other side of comparison if you can learn to let go of it yeah yeah I think another way to look at it could be something that comes to mind is if we go to uh, as a business owner, what's it for, right? With the social media, what's the intention of using this? Why am I even on this platform? And if we say, okay, well, I use it for business. Okay, cool. So business has two key functions, innovation and marketing, and we need to address both of them. Marketing is conversations. So we're, we're on the social media. Maybe there's an aspect of innovation, but largely for marketing. And largely for these conversations. So if I think about that and then I think about 
who do I want to help with my business? And we bring these two together. And we know, you know, from Seth Godin and from others that we really are focusing on a minimum viable audience. Um, there's been some podcasts that I've done on here on building a super niche business, multiple cases. This is something that's really important is to narrow your audience down to a specific small group of people. And that gives you sort of a, a possibility to actually grow. So when we overlap these two, we've got, okay, well, we're here to have interesting conversations with a very specific group of people. And once we do this uh, and we go by, by being here for this reason, we're not here to just be in a swamp land of everybody dancing on TikTok, like whatever the thing, and none of that's bad. We're just talking about what's it for. So if it is for the business to have interesting conversations with a minimum viable audience, then it doesn't really leave room, that much room for comparison. It sort of bypasses it because you're showing up specifically to create or produce content or conversation with this little group of people. And by little, it could still be thousands, right? But it's not, it's not including everything else. You know what I mean? It's not including, uh, it, it's, it's moved away from that high school room that you walk into. And so maybe one form of comparison, of, of bypassing this or of moving around it is to look at the fundamental thing of why you're on it and go, okay, well, uh, if I'm on it for a specific group of people, I don't need, it's not about growing an insanely huge audience. It's not about insane number of likes or whatever little metric that they flash up at you. It's around speaking with specific people. If I do that, does that help with the comparison thing? Like if I, if I get clear on my what's it for with my intent, does that help move through it a little bit? Uh, yeah, personally, and I'm not sure if you personally with your business, but the moment I started to get clear on my niche and that's not necessarily becoming clearer as it is drawing a line in the sand and saying this is who I'm here to serve because I think sometimes we're searching for this clarity when we can just make a couple of decisions and go with it and as soon as that happened I became less worried about everyone else and really focused on who I was here to serve and that being the niche. So just as John said, go back and look at who you're here, why you're on the platform and then who you're there to serve. And I guess the extension of that is then this conversation around creating value for those people, which social media is a great opportunity. It moves really fast, but there's also other platforms, obviously, where you can create longer form content and value in different ways. But I think when you shift your mindset, your mind to that, oh, absolutely, the comparison drops away a lot more often, a lot more often. And there's many other things that can help with comparison, but I think specifically with social um, I'm a big proponent for setting goals and having a vision. And so those bigger picture things, those more macro things for your business is really important to have those because 
Otherwise you're going to be like a little chipmunk constantly looking, or what's that game that you, the mole, whack the mole. You're constantly going to be trying to uh, compete with or copy all these other people because that looks like a good idea and maybe I'll do that. And yeah, it's, it, you just go crazy. <laughs> the other thing too is once you, and, and people may not realize this, I'm sure most people would intuitively feel it, but when you work with a lot of business owners, like, what you know, we're talking thousands of conversations over years with different small business owners and you meet people with ginormous platform, like huge audiences and uh and and no sales no business Mm -hmm. right and very very small or even non-existent audiences on a on a social platform now there's obviously relationships going on in other places with uh you know substantial businesses and so really what you and plus people are buying the followers anyway and the rest of it so there's a there's a whole game going on that's quite funny but um but what we can, what we see from behind the scenes, uh, really helps to lighten the load because there's no, I mean, yes, there's a relationship between long-term brand and business potential, but at any one point in time, what you're seeing or what you're using as the metric for comparison has really zero, um, sort of, or not zero, but potentially very little sort of actual weight in reality so if it's a if it's a comparison on followers or if it's a comparison on these small metrics it doesn't necessarily mean that the person that you're comparing i mean of course the whole the whole dynamic of the comparison can be can kind of evaporate it's not really helping but even with the comparison itself it's uh it's not really um sort of a movement that makes any sense because it doesn't it's not actually equating to anything does that make sense mm, absolutely it's those metrics for success and ultimately if if you're using so, social media to generate leads and generate business then is a pretty quick equation that you can do there in terms of what do I, you know, how many followers do I have? How many good relationships do I have with those followers? And therefore how many conversations, leads and how much sales. And sometimes you've worked with businesses where their Instagram, and I, I have a few clients as well where their Instagram is, is also very small but they're running great businesses, supporting their families or making a great contribution. And so it's also... Popular doesn't necessarily mean successful on any metric. No, not at all. So that's the first one. So uh, if we find ourselves... Is social media stopping your business? Well, if we find ourselves stumped by comparison and it may not show up, it may not... We may not feel it as oh wow this is comparison it could feel as judgment on others it could feel as like frustration with the platform frustration with ourselves we're not good at uh, doing content all of these narratives can stem from comparison but if you feel yourself clicking over to other people's stuff and 
you know, looking at where they're at versus where you're at and all of these things, drawing mental kind of projection lines of what that means. Um, it's great to see because we can move through it, right? We can move through it by identifying our niche, who we're looking to serve, how narrow can we go with that and who we're speaking to, and then getting clear on why we're here, why we're showing up and coming back to marketing, coming back to content and creating interesting conversations. Was there anything else we missed on that? No, no. Only that, uh, is it also stopping you from creating a powerful brand, which is an element of marketing as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you're comparing, if you're surrounded by, if you know, if you go into, if you go into high school and everyone's wearing the same haircut, and you go, wow, I better come back tomorrow with that haircut. From a business perspective, you've just shot yourself in the foot. So that's a really, a really big one. We want to be, uh, and Marty Neumeyer, who's the godfather of branding, talks about this. He calls it a zag. Uh, I mentioned this in the nine skills ebook you can download if you want. But effectively, carving your own path is the ability to move past comparison and go the opposite direction. And that's, that's a bigger conversation, but definitely is linked into this one as well. Let's go to the second one, which is time. So we could use time or energy interchangeably, I think. Um, but if we stick with time to keep it simple, we have, you know, 24 hours in a day and we have a lot of stuff that needs to be done uh, in small business, regardless of where you're at. If you're new, uh, you know, you've got a lot of potentially outreach or, or service development or um, brand or content, whatever it is, further down the line, you're also servicing more clients or um, working with more people, whatever your business actually is, delivering your product. And this stuff takes time. And I have to say, I haven't met a thriving small business owner that has loads of extra time some some have gotten it pretty nailed after you know 10 plus years uh, but certainly in the earlier stages and generally speaking a lot goes into doing this right there's a lot of reward in small business and it's a fun journey and there's a lot of it takes a lot of work so i wanted to talk a little bit about time because i'm aware that you know the stats tell us that people are spending you know, five plus hours a day on a phone. And I would hazard a guess that 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 five hours isn't creating content for most people. It's probably not on the on the creating side of the spectrum relative to consuming. So uh, what what do you see in this? What's some of the stuff that comes up for you in terms of you know, just straight up time investment. A mm. couple of things come to mind. One would be a conversation I had with a business coach. This is probably going back a year and a half, maybe almost two years ago. And she said to me that social media and her uh, belief around, and she is a business coach and she's built a very successful online business, coaching business. She has a, a has a great community, a lot of really strong offline relationships as well. However, she 
would say to me when we were talking about my goals and actions that I was taking and, and I would run through my action list and she would always make it very clear to me that social media, and this was in her opinion, was that was a passive activity. It wasn't necessarily generating, unless you were going deeper into the relationship building, but simply being on social media, doing a post was more of a, a passive thing. Those things should be should be happening as part of your work, but they're not not always active actions or proactive actions. And I think whether you believe that or not, that straight up can help you to shift your focus, especially in the early days, towards things that are going to build relationships, that are going to generate leads. And the content creators might might argue differently on this one as well. But, but I think if you're feeling like you're spending a lot of time on it, then just look at your to-do list and look at how much of your to-do list is actually getting done. Those re- and and what of those things are are really like active opportunities, creating connections, deepening relationships, having conversations, or is it simply posting and scrolling and doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff? So that would be number one. The second thing I would say on time and. Uh, an area that I love is talking about zone of genius, right? And I think, yes, um, social media might be part of your marketing strategy uh, and maybe also looking at what in terms of your marketing sits more in your zone of genius because if you're focused you have to build a big social media account and you you have to be there and you have to have a really strong presence. You're putting all this pressure on yourself when you could probably make it a little easier in terms of where you put your time if you're really clear on what your zone of genius is. Because perhaps your zone of genius, I know John's zone of genius, and this is this is a skill that he's he's an amazing teacher. So when he's in person with people and teaching, he really excels. He's also great at creating deep, long form content. So that's where where uh, John's zone of genius sits, and so for someone like him, it might be spending more time on writing books or writing longer ebooks rather than focusing on the short term, the quick content, and having less uh, pressure on himself to do an exceptional job there or to uh, spend a lot of time there. So I think in the time conversation, that's that's one way I would also help people to look at it is let's zoom out, let's look at your strengths, let's hone in on your zone of genius and see whether that avenue for marketing needs to have as much emphasis as you're placing on it right now. Yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned something in there about the content creators if your business is helping others to grow an Instagram following, mm. you're gonna probably spend eight hours a day on the platform. And this has come up in a conversation with Dane Walker, who's an, who's an Instagram growth marketer, built a seven figure uh, business inside of, I think a year or a year and a half using Instagram. 
and it was eight hours a day of replying to messages on Instagram. So there's certainly space for that. We're probably speaking obviously to service providers who don't want to do that or aren't into that. They've, they've got a specific craft that they're passionate about and have developed over years and they want to bring this to the people they serve, you know, uh, sustainably and generously. So I think you nailed it. I think if we, for me, one one thing that's helpful is coming into it with, we're going to talk a little bit about this in the next bit, but coming into it with a, um, with a forward leaning, with a, with a, with an uh, being on the front foot, going, what do I need to do in my business? What's important here? What what am I creating? What are my projects that I'm doing? And we can see very quickly that social media a lot of times becomes like a, a low, you mentioned passive, one way I would describe it can be, you know, we're talking about the scrolling and the doom scrolling that kind of exists as like a low energetic state. Mm. And it comes more, you know, if you're distract, if you're tired, if you, you know, need food, it's like a, it's like a low energy space to sit there and sort of scroll and it, and it gives you that sort of that hit. And so what we want to be is in a higher energetic state. It doesn't mean hyper or erratic or any of that. It just means, um, intentional forward moving like, uh, agency, you know, thinking for ourselves, moving, creating the future that we want to create. And so when we do that, um, we can be really clear on where our time needs to go, what we need to focus on right now. And we could, we could go on for this on a long time. You mentioned visions, you know, you could, you could have something to bring you back to your main vision. Um, but to me, you know, We've talked about this on other episodes. I think that energetic state, like keeping that high through practices, through food, through, you know, um, not engaging in too much of this like scroll stuff where it can kind of flip you into that lower state. That's a really helpful one for me because uh, usually there's plenty of time. It's just sort of a reframe there. But if so is let's recap it is is it is it stopping your business? Well, I think specifically if you're in the first two to three years and you you think to your business and you go, I want more clients. And if in the same conversation you're going and I'm spending more than an hour a day on these platforms and your business is not going to be built on getting clients directly from the platform. So if you have a a people facing service business or something similar, uh, then there could be a little conflict there and it might be worth just, uh, checking the time and go, yeah, it could be, it could be slowing my business a little bit. Let's check, let's see what else do I need to do? I need to develop, uh, I could develop offline relationships. I could develop online relationships, but more directly, you know, I could switch to the message. I could switch to other ways of building relationship. Um, yeah, I think that's probably, I, I have a separate phone that was helpful, you know, walking away from it, quitting it. I, I, back in the day, I got onto Instagram very late and Facebook very late. And, um, 
I walked away. From, I quit it a couple of times. I don't no longer have Facebook since it shut down, and that saves a lot of time. But then you miss out on the benefit of building relationship on that platform. So walking away from it and putting blocks, taking a month off, can be really, I think, helpful to get a reframe. But it doesn't necessarily um, solve the underlying awareness around your we how you're how you're allocating your time does that yes does that make sense yes, at all absolutely it's kind of like we want to be able to if we're going to have it there and use it can we build the agency to also powerfully walk away from it walk away and deploy our time in the right yeah. place yeah yeah and understand especially if if you're like you said I think about a lot of the amazing women that I get to work with. They're super, super creative. And when you're in that low energy state, it takes away from your creativity immediately. So I think always remembering that that's what you're here for. You're here to create. And that's the whole reason you got into business in the first place was to be able to make a living from your creativity so remembering that that might not be the best place to be to generate more creativity and your best ideas are probably going to come from having a walk along the beach or putting your feet in the sand going to the bush whatever it might be taking a holiday (laughs) and there's a whole lot of other things that people are talking a lot about detoxing from social media I don't think we need to get into that today but making sure I guess at the end of the day that there's some balance and do you really need to be on it as much as you think you do one thing that I would mention that helped me a lot November 20 2018 Okay, so prior to November 2019, I would put something up on Instagram once a week, something like that. November 2019, I went, well, I'm going to I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to put something up every single day. Instigated that, do you remember? Um no, but I was doing it once a week and I still felt that sort of conflict. Uh, yeah. And I was like, well, if I go there's a there's a so there's a there's a there was a poor relationship it it wasn't you know off the rails or anything but it was like a little bit of tension with the platform and so part of me is like well my nervous system's not ready not used to the platform so let's adapt let's go every single day and that's what i did and it didn't uh the the purpose wasn't to the purpose really was to get used to the platform and get used to this idea and so yes net net time probably was went up a little bit although previously i probably was still checking it so the time would have gone up a little bit but the conflict went way down because the time was not spent checking or scrolling the time was spent creating creating and posting yeah and I wanted to learn about different types of content yeah. and video and all this. So that's another way is you can, you could try to go the other way and to zag and actually go, all right, well, I'm going to set up a system and some structure and I'm actually going to hit this hard for three weeks and see what kind of adaptation comes from that. But you're looking at the 
result from the three weeks rather than looking at the result on the daily. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You you have to yeah exactly. You have to move beyond the little metrics. Okay, doubt number three. So this I wrote this one down because the you know I recently put out this nine skills for uh, nine key skills for business owners for small business. And it was a it was a group of nine skills after hundreds of conversations with business owners who were thriving. The ones people who were thriving, I pulled some of these skills together. They're not surprising when you read them and what's shown through, but one of them was uh, this tendency to to do things fairly quickly and to organize stuff, and uh, that's like a front foot position, right? It's like moving forward with things, even though we may not be certain of the outcome. And what I think is happening at the moment for a lot of people in the culture is like 2020 came through and sort of knocked a lot of people sideways. And it's it's a case of like finding your feet a little bit after that hit. And um, there's some macro doubt on where we're going and what's happening. And obviously, when the the mind gets into a place of doubt for a lot of people it seeks uh, a leader it seeks a voice the risk the downside risk is that in many cases any voice will do anyone telling you anything and so we get into a you know the, the platforms know this and so it starts to put the stuff in front of you so you can get into this cycle where you're trying to appease the doubt through through engaging in more content being in the conversation Correct. Yeah. And um, of course, that goes straight into the time problem. Um, But anyway, the alternative is that we can hold two things together. The lack of certainty. We don't really know what's going to happen even within within a singular business. You don't know necessarily how something's going to resonate with the market. So can we hold lack of full certainty with still moving forward? And I just wanted to talk about doubt uh, and maybe some practices that we could use some ways that we could kind of get this feeling back of even though we're not fully certain on an outcome uh, agency and independent movement and forward motion towards the direction we're going each day wake up move what are we doing move forward in the business do the work get the thing done and versus revel in the doubt a little bit or get slowed by it too much. Yeah, so rather than specifically doubting whether you need to be on social media or not because of what's going on in the macro. I think, I think, I think the doubt, uh, for me, uh, what I probably would refer to as self-doubt. Mm. You know, like that would be lead into lack of confidence. Um, and it may stem from comparison, but am I good enough to be doing this? Should I be doing this now? Is this the right time? Like 2021, like last year was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, or will this even work? You know, will this work? A lot of stuff. Look at how many businesses didn't last in 2020. You know, who am I to start a business? Who am I to try to grow it? Well, we always think of our friend Seth, don't we? And one of his key phrases is this might not work 
And so I think he has probably seen and how long's he been in business? Gosh, he's been in business thirty no, he's sixty now, isn't he? He's been in business since For the like beginning. Like forty years, yeah. He's seen he's seen a lot in his time, and if he's the beginning of time, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's blogged. The go- since, he's the godfather. He's blogged since the beginning. He was of time. scribing in stone his blogs. Yeah, um, I think if you if you remember that and you remember that phrase, this might not work. Despite what's going on in the macro scale, you can have this. You can almost have this fun and this lightness as well, and I think that's. That's why we're seeing so much humor coming through from some people online as they realize that at the end of the day, if you come at it with love and a a lightness and that type of personality and, and perhaps with that phrase of this might not work, but I'm going to do it anyway, then you're at least inviting in the possibility and I think doubt will always be with you and doubt is actually just like I used to think that being fearless was the answer. I think I think fear is always going to be there. Doubt is always going to be there. And if you are really clear on what you're here to create and who you're here to serve, number one, if you feel doubt creeping in, that that's always a first priority for me personally is coming back to, well, what's my mission here? Why did I start this business in the first place? Have I allowed doubt to become so enormous that I've moved further away from that? So I think that is that is key, remembering that, that why am I here? Coming back, if you want to go all yogic for a second, coming back to your center and a lot of us here with our businesses listening to this podcast uh, are very much rooted in in great values and have a great mission and up to big things and impact is an important thing. You can carry, you can have doubt, but you can't let it drive your decisions because ultimately if you drive your decisions from doubt, then you'll Uh, be making a lot of your decisions out of fear it also doesn't mean that you don't have backup plans and you don't have multiple um, options well if this doesn't work then maybe I'll try that Uh, but I think first and foremost that's what I would say around doubt yeah I think we also have to mention Stephen Pressfield's work oh yeah uh, resistance in the war of art effectively we could throw doubt into resistance of general resistance that any creator is going to face. However, I also think it's worth noting if we say, what's it for, for us to use social media? What's the platform for? Well, if it's for business growth, relationships, marketing, okay, cool. What's it for, for them, right? They created this thing and we as the users are not the, uh, the, the, the people on the platform are not the, the customer, the customer is the advertiser. So we're, we're the product or our attention is the product on these platforms. So uh, what I'm getting at is if they know that a, a narrative that creating new cycles or, or putting content in front of you, or if basically if, if, if content that creates more doubt and, and uncertainty and fear is 
keeping you on that screen for longer, you're going to see more of that specific content. And you're probably not going to build your business. Correct. So they're very, very good. And this is kind of that program that can take you away from your own agency is like doubt is a powerful um, honeypot. It's a commodity that they're trading, isn't it? Uh, doubt and fear they're they're almost capitalizing on that probably a lot right now yeah yeah well they trade the attention mm-hmm. and doubt doubt is part of is is part of the stickiness that can help hold attention yeah. and so i think once you see that and you know mainstream media of course is the same the main job is to uphold a narrative and to um, create readership and doubt doubt or lack of certainty creates readership so once you see that you can start to understand that the the program uh is designed to create more doubt and uncertainty so that may be may be helpful um okay practices around i just want to cover this quickly around doubt so you are listening if you're listening to this you have your own power your own agency your own ability to do the work that you care about for the people you care about. And sometimes it's a case of just remembering that. And so if you're getting trapped into a cycle and not moving forward and you think, oh, it could be some doubt and uncertainty that's coming into here. I'm just not moving forward. The the one thing that we can do is to stop the cycle that's create helping to create that. So we can just walk away walk away from the phones, walk away from platforms, not not forever, go for a walk, literally, like create a practice that helps you to build your own command back, right? Like, what is it for you that helps? Like for me, I go to the gym or I go for a walk on the beach or these things are in there daily or, you know, a lot of the time and your you're exercising your personal power and your ability to move through time and space and do certain things. And that creates trust in yourself and it creates, you know, a little bit of, um, I guess, resilience around the machine that wants to create more doubt. And you have a choice at the end of the day. Well, you, and you remember that you yeah. have a choice because it's a, it's a very subtle thing, right? Mm-hmm. They're very good, those platforms. So are there any other practices that you do yourself or that you, you know, have seen work uh, to, uh, you know, to kind of, to kind of build that personal power to sort of, I guess, combat that or to move through it? Yeah, I, th- I mean, it, it all comes back to some of the first two points that we were talking about around ensuring you've got that clarity number one and in terms of a a business sense and making sure have I you know got have I got a business here um or do I know what I'm what I'm building um so I think ultimately everything we're talking about in terms of doubt comes back to those original questions around how we deal with comparison as well personally I think any any practice that brings you back to presence, that brings you back to your power or helps you to build power from the inside out uh, because it can almost feel like uh, anything that you choose to tune into 
has power over you. So when I like to think about it, I like to think about my practices helping to build that power from within. So from inside out, rather than, than it having power over me and that autonomy and that choice that I have in that moment. So of course I'm, big into my kundalini yoga that's a big thing for me because a lot of it works on particular energetic areas of the body that have helped me to come back to myself come back to my center build power from that part of my body strengthen my breath and I guess with that you become a lot you become sharper too I think that's the other thing is that your awareness grows and you very quickly realize when you're slipping into that, you don't let yourself spiral out of control quite as quickly as maybe you used to. So find a practice for you that's offline, that's not related to your business, that's a personal practice, that's an energy generating practice that helps you to ground yourself because ultimately social media is trying to un unground you whether it's intentionally doing that or not and so I guess anything that you can just bring you back to yourself and ground you is really really important so that may be meditation that may be walking that may be being out in nature there's there's a lot of different things for some people it's swimming in the ocean baths I'm hearing a lot of people loving that at the moment where we live so ensure that you're not you haven't let go of your practices because oftentimes we'll see a correlation between what's going on in our heads and what's also playing out in terms of how we're structuring our life and what we're prioritizing so I think first and foremost I would I would focus on that. It's a really simple thing to do and it might mean that you structure your life so that those things become a priority. But then you'll actually start to enjoy the social media more. And right now I don't I don't believe it's 100% bad and evil and I need to get off it and all of those things because I also don't like making choices from that fear-based place. So my practice is also helping me to make those sovereign choices, those choices that are, this is true to me and this is what I need to do for me personally and ultimately to build my business. Mm. Yeah. I, I have an underlying, uh, the other thing that comes up for me when you say that is the, the role that entertainment's got, I think for a lot of people, for a lot of us, uh, that we deserve entertainment or that we need entertainment all the time, that we somehow have a right to be entertained. And, you know, this is a little bit separate to the doubt, but it, the entertainment is a, an interesting one. And the practice, like whether you have a practice of Kundalini or practice of whatever it is, what you're really looking at is a practice of uh, engaging your attention in something that's consciously chosen versus slipping into a lower energetic state of entertainment and having your attention taken for a ride on a roller coaster and i think that to me it's almost like my little kind of game is like i like to have that uh not war on entertainment but if i feel myself slipping in towards comfort and entertainment and 
oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna watch this for a little bit or something like that. Uh, that's where the line, I try to draw the line because that entertainment different to like, I'm going to sit and watch this show, right? I'm going to spend 10 minutes and listen to this podcast or whatever. I'm going to be entertained. But when it's a chronic, the chronic entertainment thing is, uh, I think, an interesting space as well uh, from my perspective. Uh, Okay, we're going to kind of wrap it up. There was a little bit that we have spoken about previously I've put out some podcasts talking about the three C's, uh, community, content, and conversations for small business. So how to use content to create conversations and community to create conversations because conversations create sales and sales are the, for, for a small business, like brand is important. Of course, brands key over time, but when we shorten the time frame, sales are um, critical. So... I don't want to go on that tangent for a long time, but I think if we could touch on some ideas, maybe coming at it from this and perspective. So if we have an and perspective and we look at a couple of ideas we could use to be involved in community, to create conversations, maybe it takes a little bit of a weight away from uh, an over-dependence on being on these platforms so much. What are some ideas that you've seen helpful? Or maybe we could just talk about that quickly. Relationship building, one-to-one, small group, offline, online, different forms of content. Anything else come up for you? Oh, there's, there's, there's a heap of ways that you can look at this. If you look at it on a, on a, like if you look at the two options, what we've been talking about a lot is is online and there's many many opportunities online that don't require the use of social media even youtube's a social media platform or pinterest we haven't really spoken about those but there's there's a lot of options and so i guess looking at your marketing strategy and looking well what else do what else options do i have online uh building an email list. So some of these things where you can perhaps go deeper with your audience as well, because social media, sure, you can do IGTVs, but for the most part, it's very quick and it's a transient place to be. So knowing the nature of that is also creating those marketing opportunities to build some authority, to build some depth, whether it be depth in relationships uh, through um, connecting with people even via email or something like that. So you look at your relationships, you're also looking at how can I build more authority? And there's, there's again, lots of opportunities that could be teaching because teaching is a strength of yours. So there's masterclasses and webinars and things like that. And then there's also collaboration where you pitch or you collaborate with other people in your industry or other media outlets and find these ways to create these longer form, deeper pieces that create authority for you. Whether we don't need to debate whether having an article in Forbes gives you more authority or not. It's not really about that. It's the fact that you've taken the time to show, hey, 
I know something about this topic and here's some ways that you can solve this problem. So there's there's all sorts of ways online. And then again, similar for offline, I guess the opportunity offline and restrictions aside on, on movement and how many people and things like that, that again is another opportunity to create that depth with people. So even looking at your week, and this is a conversation John and I have had recently, looking at your week and going, how many conversations am I having with people that could be collaborating partners that are other industry experts that are potential clients or people that know a lot of people as well. So where in your week have you built those into your schedule and bringing back some priority around those opportunities? I could go on forever and I've done a whole blog post on this, but I want to keep it short. That's that's a couple of things that I would consider. Yeah. Uh, one, one thought that I would have and uh, after that came up from what you said was, um, you know, I've, I've talked about this creator archetype on one of the episodes, but holding the organizer alongside the creator. Mm. And so, you know, business is built on relationship, uh, content platforms, social media platforms can be great for building relationship. And we can also organize online or offline and being the organizer uh, is very, very powerful. And we also can use that organizing as a precursor to more creating. So we could create content off the back of offline events too. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's probably it really is, is, is an and mm. is an and I think we're coming back to as you naturally see that there's more opportunity outside i'm gonna say outside of social media platforms that may be taking a lot of your time so still online potentially still content creating potentially or offline but to build relationships organize events get five people from your industry together and talk about a topic just the fact that you organize that little event that breakfast whatever it is um, puts you into you know, you're a leader, you're a leader in the space, you've created something, uh, you could then write a blog post about what you learned from the other people. And so it, it starts a new, it starts a whole new wheel and momentum. And I think that wheel can be spinning that doesn't exist necessarily just on Facebook or whatever, and uh, create a little bit more balance and create help to create more uh, well-rounded business growth as well. And, um, you know, of course, there's, as we said at the start, there's people who are building stuff purely on one platform and have a business that exists just on Instagram and drop shipping something or a service that's just existing on Instagram or just existing on Twitter. And that's cool. Different, a little bit different conversation. Uh, is there anything else that you want to add? I don't think so. I think we could turn this into a, uh, Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss marathon if we're not careful because this is a, this is a topic we've we've realized we're actually quite passionate about because it's rooted in in marketing and marketing strategies and and all of the other things that go with that so no I think you can take a lot from this whether it's looking specifically at your mindset 
or whether it's looking more practically at your marketing strategy, take this opportunity. We are still in January and taking this opportunity to look at your strategy for 2021 and go, hey, there's actually a lot of really cool possibilities out there. There's more than what I realized or I did that a couple of years ago and it went really well and I'd forgotten about it because I was so immersed in my Instagram account. So take this as this as a really good opportunity to perhaps have a reset and that question of and what else ask yourself that do a little brainstorm afternoon maybe it's with another person or maybe it's yourself on your business and just think and what else and what else and keep going Mm. who's it for what's it for if you're using the platforms as the designed user then uh, you're probably going to get stuck Mm. because they want they the designed the design intent is to have your attention on the platform in perpetuity which creates uh, a commodity that's sold to the advertiser so if you come back to your own center who's it for well if it's for me cool in my business great what's it for well to build to create value to build uh, conversations to set up marketing great that goes very nicely alongside other online strategies, other offline strategies. What have I got uh, overall? What does the whole thing look like? Then I can set up some structure through February, March, April um, to be clear on it and to move forward with a little bit more intention. And of course, I can't help but add play to your strengths, double down on what you're strong at as well or increase frequency and then you'll become really really more confident in some of these things and um, perhaps develop some mastery. Okay, let's leave it there. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for so much for jumping thank on. Thank you, John. This was fun. And thank you for listening. As always, really appreciate it. Uh, as I mentioned, there's a new resource you can grab, nine key skills to thrive in small business. It is... Actually, it's not on the website as a link, so I'll fix that up. It'll be on the website uh, if you want it. Before then, reach out, john at johntmarsh.com. If you have questions or comments or feedback on this episode, always love to hear them. Send me an email, john at johntmarsh.com, and we can. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think about social media, um, what comes up for you, how you work around it, what you found helpful. That's it for today. Thank you again. We'll see you on the next episode.